Why, hello there. Welcome back to the Pure and Simple Bible Podcast. I am Jonathan Edwards, and this is episode 133. It's the first in a three-part series called What I Believe. If you had a conversation with someone who had never heard about Jesus before, what would you tell them? Where would you begin and where would you want to go? It may be easy to think that, ah, this will never happen to me. But the life of Bradley Ballard serves as an inspirational reminder that not all evangelists start out as paid preachers. With the experience of over a decade in church planting in three different countries, Bradley's ability to talk to non-believers and sow the seed of the gospel in their heart is a precious talent that he wants to share with you. In this first study, we're reintroduced to Bradley. He's been on the show several times, but uh, we want to reintroduce Bradley to you, and we want to ask some very important foundational questions that will help us all understand why it's important to approach non-believers differently than people who may already know who God is. We'll also introduce the six beliefs that Bradley likes to share, although we're not going to go into detail on these until the second and third parts of this series. So, with that in mind, let's begin the conversation. Okay, so the first, you know, I do the introductions and then you come in. Uh, so I will introduce you a bit. And um, something I've, I've wanted to start doing in 2021 was I've assumed that everybody who's listening knows the person I'm talking to. But as more people do listen to the podcast, there's more people who don't know. And so I've, I've been asking my guests to also kind of introduce themselves specifically about just their family and their work and uh, some general things. So Bradley, why don't you take a moment to tell us who you are? Sure thing. Uh, my name is Bradley Ballard and uh, I grew up in East Texas, which uh, was nice. It was a little slower pace a lot of the time. I grew up, went straight through public school all the way through and uh, Ended up going to college up in Denton at uh, the University of North Texas, graduated with a music degree and taught orchestra, which uh, middle school orchestra, which I thought I would do till I retired until uh, we were asked to move over to Cambodia and help with the work over there. And um, then uh, Korea after that. So um, my life now is more that of a missionary and evangelist, but that was never what I really thought I would be doing. So. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been a real blessing to get to uh, set out on one path and uh, see kind of how things have unfolded. Yeah. And uh, how long have you and Brandy been married? Ah, we've been married 16 years this past month. All right. 16 years. So I know all of those facts about you. And uh, but if somebody uh, has not been following the podcast the whole time, then, you know, this is sure. their first introduction to you. Bradley has been on the program Two times, three so. times. Uh, I must confess, I still think I have some unused stuff <laughs> from you sitting in a folder over there, some videos that we made like a year ago, and we'll see if that comes out. But every time I look at that folder, I'm always like, oh, more, more to do. Um, Bradley, you lived in Cambodia for two years, in Korea, South Korea for three years, mm -hmm. and uh, so you are a, right. a man of of great experience in sharing the gospel with people who maybe have 
never even heard about the Bible or who Jesus is. And so you've uh, brought a Bible study in here to talk about today called What I Believe. And if I was thinking about this with an American mind, I'd just say, oh, great, now somebody's just wanting to share from the book of opinions. Mm-hmm. But if I'm thinking about it from uh, somebody's mind who's never heard the gospel before, this would be something I would really want to know because you're here telling me about Jesus, but I, I, I would kind of like to know what you believe about this or that or everything else. So maybe can you begin by explaining this title and the mindset behind why you put the study together? Absolutely. Anytime we have a conversation, really about anything, whenever we start sharing opinions, uh, there's context to that. There's background knowledge. And uh, I think one of the big parts to having an effective conversation with someone and to really learning is to knowing that background knowledge in, uh, in education, you know, teaching based on what you've already taught. I believe they call it scaffolding. You're building a framework of, of understanding and knowledge. And that's essential to be able to go any farther. Mm-hmm. And you've got to build that, that foundation, that foundational knowledge. And um, that is important in religion, but it also is happening every day in, in our culture. You know, in our families, we're learning things and we're becoming accustomed to things. Mm-hmm. But what's happening in your home is different than what's happening in my home. Uh, you know, we're all familiar with an inside joke. <laughs> Right. Okay. And an inside joke is kind of the same thing, except there's humor involved, you know. But um, two people, you know, there might be a group of several people, but two laugh at each other because they make a comment and they say, <laughs> you had to be there, or it was an inside joke. Right. That's kind of the same thing. There's common experience shared by one smaller group that the rest is not privy to. Okay. Well, in the same way, in a much, much, I guess, bigger sense, culture is the same way. Uh, for myself, being from the South, you know, being from Texas, um, there's a certain sense of pride that I have. And, you know, I, I could go somewhere in a pretty large area, probably in the States and make a comment about things being bigger in Texas, for example. Mm-hmm. Some might laugh and say, ha ha. Some might say, ah, oh, you Texans are all the same. But there's this at least understanding of that concept. Right. If you go outside of that area, though, let's say out of the USA, and you make a joke to someone in Cambodia or Korea about things being bigger in Texas, they're going to say, well, why? What? <laughs> right. What? Really? You know, uh, they uh. will think that's a serious comment. Or they could just be totally bewildered. But there's not that common, you know, understanding or experience. Well, when we look at the gospel and when we look at the Bible and um, you know, what is, I guess, increasingly being called the Judeo-Christian tradition and all that. Right. Um, there are a lot of people who haven't had that cultural experience, that family experience, or just the intellectual experience to know where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. And I think we see that not just in our common experience when we go around, but we read that in the Bible. You know, we read about when the, the apostles and the early disciples were going around, there were people to whom these, these notions were uh, completely and totally new. One of my favorite little miniaturized versions of the gospel is when I, th- I think the, uh, I think it's Felix maybe talking to one of the Roman leaders, but uh, he's referring to the situation with Paul and how Paul is this political prisoner and uh, he keeps he's been preaching you know for a long time in the in the court there, and 
in relaying the story to another non-Jew, uh, the official says something about Paul, this, this man who talks about Jesus, who the Jews say is dead, but he says is risen again. Right. He says is alive. And there's this tiny little, it's a the tiny little preaching of the gospel or relaying of the gospel from someone who has no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. And so when people ask me what I believe, uh, or I should say when I've been in places and people ask me what I believe, uh, I try to be very careful now, now more than ever, to explain it in terms that I believe they can understand. Right. I could have that conversation with you or with someone in this area, maybe a family member or someone who even is not a, an actual acquaintance, but someone who I'm just meeting for the first time. If we're growing up in the same area, they're going to have background information and knowledge growing up in Texas or the Bible Belt, uh, at least familiarity with sure, the sure. Christian message that a lot of people won't. And so in a country where that is not part of the, the national or cultural DNA or common experience, you got to lay a lot, you got to do a lot more foundational building and state things much more simply than you, I think, otherwise would. And it's not to say that these places are any less intellectual or any sure. less intelligent. Sure. It's just they don't have a, a lot right. of that. I experienced the exact same thing in reverse <laughs> when I was moved to these places. Right. They were speaking about things uh-huh. that were common knowledge, and I had no idea. What do you what mean they're... there's only, or there's more than one kind of rice, right. for example? <laughs> yeah. And and there's so many different varieties of rice, and here we are as, you know, foolish Americans, our minds blown away. Exactly. You know, brother, I think about when, I, I think one of the more harmful things a preacher can do uh is assume and when you get in the pulpit and you say we all know about (laughs) fill in the blank and then yes a lot of people do a lot of our people are very biblically literate but if maybe a new convert or visitor comes in and the preacher says we all know about Mephibosheth eating at the king's table and they're kind of like (laughs) right and so they're stuck on I've used this point several times maybe the listeners have heard it before but we we by assuming we've missed out on an opportunity to bring someone to the table mm-hmm. making that analogy we've mm-hmm. that Mephibosheth you yeah. know we've left them out and so it sounds like what you're saying is that uh, when you work with people uh, you're doing your best to try to start on their level instead of starting on your level and then getting frustrated when they can't keep up with you that's right yeah okay a lot of the people I'm speaking with have no Christian background whatsoever um, I sat across the table from a lot of people in Korea, and uh, I found myself repeating myself a lot. And it was some of the most simple and basic biblical principles, you know, the concepts of sacrifice and love. Speaking to another culture about love can be a very interesting experience because they look at you and they think what love is is either just a family love, just a romantic love. Right. But the the way that we are taught to love as Christians is we love we love the souls of other people simply because they are a soul. Mm-hmm. Not because of anything they've done, but because they have been created by our Father just like we have been. And in mm-hmm. a sense, we're, brother, we're brothers and sisters all together in this you know, larger human race, um, even if we have no acquaintance. And so when you start speaking about things like that with people who don't share that or don't you know, know of that, 
then uh, yeah, it is. You got to explain it where you might not have to explain it right. in other places. You have conversations that you you never even knew you had to have. You just assumed uh-huh. we're going to jump into the Bible. Right. Um, now, if you're, whether it's abroad or here, maybe maybe I should uh, maybe pause to say that for those listening who are in the USA, that there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people whom you could have the, a very similar conversation with. It's easy to think that everybody looks and acts just like me, especially if you live in a more urban or suburban area. There are definitely immigration pockets where you could tap into a market of folks who have not heard the gospel before. Mm, so absolutely. don't sell yourself short that you'll never get to experience this and you're just listening to two guys talk shop who lived in another country. We want you to be empowered to use what Bradley talks about. Um, Bradley, you begin with... Uh, a Bible verse. It's First Peter three fifteen. I know you've got some thoughts around it as well. Why would this be the place you would want to start in a topic of what I believe? That's a great question. And this verse, I have always read it. You know, First Peter three fifteen says that to sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And I think I have always focused on the defense part of that. Defend right. my belief. Defend. Got to get my dukes up. Exactly. But when it tells me what it is I'm defending, I'm defending my hope. Uh huh. And it's not just about, uh oh, someone's asking a question. I got to get ready for a fight. Right. I got to get my intellectual dukes up, like you said. But just conveying to people the hope that we have, mm-hmm. I think the defending comes later. Or maybe immediately when you you share what you believe, they say, well, what about? Not everyone is that way. But anyway, just conveying the hope and explaining the hope that we have in the first place as children of God and members of his kingdom, that is the part that I guess uh, I had not really focused on in the past. But that came, uh, I guess, became more uh, apparent to me as I would have these conversations with people who weren't looking for a fight. They were just looking for answers. Right, right. And so the answers they need are the answers of hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. So when people would ask me what I believe about something, that usually came from a, a little conversation about who I was and why they were there, why, why we were in this place. You know, in Korea, it was, uh, we went over as missionaries, the, the contacts who we were going over there to study and work with. By the time we arrived, they were gone. And so we were starting from with a blank slate, you know, just from ground zero, essentially. And uh, so I would have conversations with people about how we were there, which at that point <laughs> we had our visas because I was teaching English. Mm-hmm. So I got that job. And, and people in Korea, at least, are very interested in Americans uh, because they like our accent the most. They think of American English as the purest and most straightforward English to learn and, and model. Oh, man, all of our <laughs> British and Australian and South African friends are spinning right now. <laughs> yeah. I might say uh, an accent from another country is charming, and I do. But for someone learning the language for the first time, they think English is, I guess, the or American English is the most, um, it's just the easiest to understand and I mm-hmm. guess reproduce. Okay. Uh, but uh, so we would we would talk to people and uh, 
explain to them that we were there as an English teacher, which they're very familiar with Americans coming to teach English. But when I explained, but that's just so that we can be here to teach the gospel to people and tell people about God. Then all of a sudden, they, they would kind of stop because they hadn't had that conversation before. It mm-hmm. didn't seem. And so they would, it would get to the point where they would say, so what do you believe? You know, if, if it's so important that you're over here doing this, what is it you believe? Wow. And so that question then is like, okay, here's the flip, here's the opportunity, here's my chance. Right. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I believe so much. What? <laughs> how do I boil that down? And the things that uh, you know were taught in the New Testament that caused people to change um, were not all the lifestyle changes that they were going to have to make. That's not how you convert or convict someone. I don't, I don't believe that's how how Jesus did it. But it was God gives you healing. God gives you hope. And those are the things the Lord offers. So I tried to do that for myself. And when someone asks me what I believe, I would try to focus in on some very key points with them. And, you know, this this whole talk is going to sound like I'm very much about myself because I'm going to say I, I, I a lot. Okay. I and me. But that's because that's the way, you know, when someone asks you what you believe, you've got to ask yourself that question and realize what it what is it that I believe, mm-hmm. and I've got to be able to stand for that mm-hmm. and and be accountable for that. And right. so, as much as we want to say, you know, we need to consider others, that's absolutely true, but we have to be able to stand on our own convictions first. So, you're going to hear me say I and me a lot, but that's because I think that's where it starts, and then it goes out from there. I heard you say a minute ago about, so you have some very specific points that you respond with instead of uh, maybe you need to help me remember your specific phrasing, but the uh, lifestyle and actions of post-conversion are not the... Not what motivated to convert in the first place. I Correct. Guess. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm intrigued by that concept because, yeah, it seems like if somebody were to only, if I can do these actions after, and, and you base your faith on, on those actions without the inward change, then that would become a very pharisaical way to live. And so people are seeing your actions and they're going to probably ask you about the actions, uh-huh. whatever those actions may be. I'm kind of working through this. People sure. can't see my, maybe you can hear, I'm going to get my head real close. Maybe they can hear Scratching the two you. cogs that are slowly grinding in my head. Um, but really the, the intent of those is, you know, you're living a holy life to God but as far as your evangelism goes, when people see that and then they're going to talk to you about it, you, your response is going to be pivoting back towards the hope that you have that lies within, not, well, I just do this, 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 because God said so. There's a inward motivation, mm-hmm. and it's based on, in First Peter 3, the hope mm-hmm. that is in you. And that hope lies in God, but it's con- it's depends on our obedience. Sure. And so whenever... Uh, we, we do give God all the glory, but we don't also give him all the duty. You know, we, we have to accept that and bear that, I like that. for ourselves. I like that. And uh, so, you know, I don't, I obey God out of love, but I also obey him out of fear. But I am still learning how to obey him. Right. I'm still learning what that looks like in my life. And sometimes one situation of obedience is going to look maybe a little different than mm-hmm. another situation. 
And so if I come to someone and say, okay, here's what being a Christian is like. You don't do this. You don't do this. You always do this. You always do that. For one, that's discouraging and complicating or and complicated, but it misses the reason why we do any of it. Yeah. And so bringing people back to our motivation for, you know, you know, thankfully serving a God who created us and loved us, gave his son for us. A person who knows someone has died for them and understands and appreciates that. I won't say a person, but for me, if I know someone has done that for me, I'll do anything for them. I'll do anything they tell me. Mm-hmm. But if you just start giving me a checklist, that's sure. not going to motivate me to do anything. except sure. <laughs> Probably be discouraged or frustrated. Well, the Bible pattern shows that, that when God's people, whether it was patriarchs or the Israelites or even in the church, when they just followed a list, we had a pre-conversation uh-huh. before recording, when they were just doing it because it's what had been done, there's a huge difference between somebody who was obeying the Lord faithfully. Uh-huh. So You have a, is this like a quote or something? The bottom of page one, do you kind of say this word for word about... Um, if you want me to, I can. That was a, that was a, you know, for I usually do more outline and things, but this one was something I wanted to make sure that I... I guess, captured. Yeah, maybe our audience would enjoy hearing it. Okay. Well, today I'm going to tell you what I believe. Now, because these are my beliefs that I hold, and they're based on what I've observed about the natural world and my own experience and and, uh, uh, study of God's Word, there are going to be a lot of me, my, I statements. Now, I don't think I'm more important or special than you. I'm just sharing these things in a way... uh, that I hope will explain to you and make clear what I believe. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to put myself in their shoes versus putting myself in, in somebody's shoes that's been around this their whole life who might be like, well, Bradley, why are you telling me what, what you believe? Why, uh-huh. Is it all about you? <laughs> but for somebody who's at, at the very, very first step of faith, they're going to need someone they can trust. Mm-hmm. And so to know and to case out who you are is going to help them accept who God is. Mm-hmm. So I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's your, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but I'm assuming that's your purpose in this very specific language. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, you have, uh, let's see, six different points that you make. Uh, six, I don't know if you want to call them beliefs, but six major themes that you're going to try to communicate to these people um, about what you believe and why you believe it. And really, when I look at these notes, it's just uh, the point itself and then some scriptures that go along with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to ask you maybe a content question before we jump into the first one, but is, is there strategy behind that approach where you've got uh, the title and then the scriptures? Are you just going to be injecting them with scripture the whole time, or is this just for you to remember as you talk to them about it? Um, for me... It was helpful to, at the very beginning outline, kind of go through and prioritize what, you know, ask myself, what do I believe? List them out. Take away the stuff that was based maybe on something else. You know, I believe this, therefore something else. I really tried to get back to what are the main core um, bits of belief. Because we could sit here all day and say, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. Yeah. And none of those things wouldn't be wrong or unimportant necessarily, but when we try to come back to 
what it is that are the kind of at the, the root of each of these and mm. something that's super important when you're mm-hmm. trying to share with people is how long do I have their attention and how long can <laughs> I, can I, you know, if I can't do this in just, I think I told myself 15 minutes. Yeah. Because I think someone will sit with you for 15 minutes, especially if, you know, you buy their coffee or something, you know, yeah. <laughs> you want to get together for coffee um, and you get them a drink. I think someone would sit with you for 15 or 20 minutes and just give you time to share what you believe. And just ask, you know, ask their permission. Can I tell you what I believe? Not, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to lay it out. But just ask them if you can tell them. Because if they've asked you, more than likely they'll be happy to hear. And I think probably glad that you're willing to take that opportunity. Sure. But uh, yeah, for me, I had to, you know, outline these things out. And then I went to the Bible to see if I, if my own conviction on these matched what the Bible taught about them. Right. Because when you look and you see a lesson or a title or video says what I believe, you could very well be thinking, I don't care. Or why does it matter? (laughs) And in many ways, you're right. It doesn't matter what I believe. All that matters is what God's word teaches. But if you're starting to try to understand what it is that you believe or should believe or, uh, you know, maybe what others believe, if you're looking for those kinds of things, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to, this is my way of having an answer ready. Right. Like we read, you know, being prepared to defend the hope that's in us. Uh, this is my way of trying to prepare that response. Well, y- you, you inspire me to, to think about scriptures um, that really line up with what you're saying, your reasoning for your content. And why these six beliefs do not encompass all of Christ's teaching, but there are a weightier part of it that that we should begin with. And I I was intentional with that word because Jesus Himself in Matthew twenty three, I think it's verse twenty three, He's He's really given the Pharisees a hard time because they were so focused on getting their tithing just right, right. with their little spices. Uh-huh. And He says, uh, "These you should have done." Uh, speaking to some weightier things. You should have been focused on justice and mercy and the weightier matters of the law. Uh And these you should have done while not leaving the others undone. And so he doesn't say, stop tithing, but he's saying there's a a bigger part of the law that you've just left out, justice, mercy. Uh And um, so, yeah, I can appreciate with this if I had 15 minutes with someone or maybe if I'm even on the elevator, you know, I'm not going to start what I believe with my, with the contribution and and why I give this percentage. That that seems like they would walk away from that thinking, what a materialistic person. Mm -hmm. I need to start with the weightier matters of the law. So with wetting the appetite of the folks, did you have something you wanted to add? Well, yeah, I wanted to add to that, you know, here we are talking about a very cordial and organized situation. Like I'm describing, you know, someone we've met, someone I want to talk to, we arrange a time and mm-hmm. the, the, uh, you know, the, the scene is sort of set, you know, uh, but what you just described was a very off the cuff situation. And I think that if you take the time to prepare your own convictions in a simple enough way, that moment in the elevator might be enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this does that basically you're reading an outline, but it gives you the chance to do that. And then there are other times when you're talking with someone and they might, you know, we had this in, in uh, Korea, the, the 
Korean people are very, very social when it comes to food. Many people are, but very. <laughs> and so people would invite us and, and we would almost always accept. But if there was ever a drinking thing, you know, where people were going to get together for beer or something, we would decline those uh, based on our convictions about drinking alcohol. And that is a huge uh, surprise to a lot of people when you do that, because that's never happened to a lot of people. You know, you don't drink. And whenever people find out why, they want to know, oh, why don't you drink? Mm-hmm. Well, you might think that's just that's just an awkward situation, but there's an opportunity there as well. Right. Because it's right. not because I don't just not drink because of you or anything. It's based on my conviction and my obedience to God. And so you can use those to say, well, you, you can maybe even say, uh, you know, I'd really like to tell you, I'm happy to tell you why I don't drink, but I'd also really like to tell you about some more important things about why I believe this mm-hmm. is worth, this sacrifice, you know, is worth making. Oh, okay. So then you're bringing in some of those specific vocabulary terms. You said right, the sacrifice. Weight, and, right, the weightier, mm-hmm. you okay. know, things. Well, let's, um, we've spent almost 30 minutes kind of front-loading <laughs> this, but, you know, you talked about very early on the need to build scaffolding sometimes uh-huh. before you can get into the content. And, and I hope for our audience who uh, traditionally it is a Western group who are familiar with the Bible, maybe they didn't appreciate why we're going to do these points. So hopefully we've scaffolded together and everybody's really excited to go through them. Okay. So, Bradley, I want to play the part of this person who's um, maybe we're going to get coffee together. Maybe uh, you've, you've moved to my area and I know you're a Christian and I'm not one. And so I'm intrigued. So I want to ask you these questions. And then also um, I'm thinking about our listeners um, who might not see the outline that we see. So do you want to take a moment to maybe just go through the outline and, and then, you know, I can start asking these questions like I'm sure not a Christian. Right. Well, the first thing that I want to make very clear to someone is that I believe that God created me. Mm -hmm. You don't have to agree with me, but that's just what I believe. That's one of the nice things about saying what I believe. (laughs) It doesn't matter what anyone else thinks or says. I'm just telling you what I believe. I believe God created me. I believe God loves me. Mm-hmm. By nature of the fact that he created me, he also loves me as his creation and as a son, as a child. Now, those two points about God creating me and God loving me, those sound great. Those are outside of me. But there's now it comes to me and I have to realize that I need God. I'm Because of the mistakes I've made and the sins I've committed, I have made myself a slave to sin and a slave to the devil. And because of that, I need God. Only God can save me. And so I need him. The next point is that it brings Jesus into the picture. And I believe that Jesus is God. He's got a oneness and a unity with the Father that is unlike anything this earth can understand, really. Mm -hmm. And his oneness with God is a vital part of our faith. Right. This Jesus who is God also paid the debt that I created, the the slavery that I put myself in. Jesus himself paid that debt for me. Jesus who is God paid my debt. And because of that, I can be free. I can be free. There's an opportunity for me. And 
it's up to me to take advantage of that opportunity to be free. So that's it. It's very, it's very big and broad, but I would say undoubtedly you will have, if you share something like that with people, there will be at least one, if not a dozen questions that will very quickly follow. I was already follow. thinking of several in there. <laughs> well, what, what does this mean? What does that mean? And that's intentional. Yeah. You want to want them, leave them asking for more and wanting more. Mm-hmm. But you also want to be very clear about what it is your convictions are. Yeah. And, and you've done that for me. You have, now I have uh, kind of fleshed you out as a person, this Christian who's come into my life. And uh, I know some very important parts of your faith, and I have questions. So what we're going to do now is we're going to return. So uh, people who are interested in that outline, maybe if they had pencil and paper, they wrote them down. Towards the end of the podcast, we'll talk about more ways that we can get a hold of those notes if people are interested. But let's circle back to that first one. You said, God created me. Uh, why do you start with that? And, and what are some scriptures that you looked into that, that helped affirm that belief? Well, we're going to cut it off right there, and I know that we've spent a whole episode kind of laying the foundation for this, but it's going to pay off marvelously. So you need to come back for parts two and three, and that's going to be episode 134 and 135 in this mini-series called What I Believe, and I think you're really going to appreciate, enjoy, understand, and hopefully use these six beliefs that Bradley has shared and he's going to go into detail with over the next couple of episodes. So before we go, PSB listener, dear friend, I want to ask and solicit for your prayers. I've started another semester at TWU, and that means that in addition to working full-time, I'm going to school full-time. I'm still trying to be a full-time husband and father and wear all of the different hats that I need to. And it's really challenging, and I fall short. And so I thought I would use this platform to reach out to those who listen and ask for their prayers just for me to be able to get through it and to lean on God and not try to lean only on myself. I appreciate your prayers. Thank you. Now, like I always say, you can go to the website and utilize all the resources from the past four plus years that PSB has available for you to use. And I believe that you can download all of them for absolutely zero dollars. That's right, they're free. So go there and download them if you want. The workbooks, the podcast library, the booklets, and the videos, and other things there as well that maybe I'm forgetting about right now. Anyway, go check them out. And until next time, always remember, God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you soon. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is true, about a judge by the name of Gideon. He was a man like me and you. Well, his rules in some trouble.